so you started creating content around this, like by sharing recipes, by cooking, or just like talking about it? Yeah, I started creating recipes, super cringy, short videos <laughs> of recipes. Are they still there? Yes. Oh, I have to look at them. I love going back and watching them because it's so humbling. Right. And uh, it's also such a great like way to see the progress throughout the years. Hi, I'm Ariel Charnas, and this is In-House, my podcast about all the happenings in my life. Whether it's fashion, entrepreneurship, marriage, or mom life, you'll hear it all right here on In-House. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of In-House with me, Ariel Charnas. For this week's episode, I'm looking forward to talking to another content creator I follow, Valeria Lipovetsky. Valeria is a mom of three, previously a model turned holistic nutritionist turned thought leader and content creator. Her online content combines her love for fashion, wellness, and gives you an all-access pass into her household. From YouTube to Instagram to TikTok, she shares her journey of self-love, discovery, and the tips and tricks that never go out of style. She also helms Vari, a line of elevated essentials that captures her cozy meets sophisticated style and turns it into retail gold. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for doing this. Of course, I'm excited. I'm so excited to learn more about you because I love following you. I love watching your family on Instagram and your style is amazing. Thank you so much. I feel like we I feel like we know each other but we don't know each other. I know, you know? it's so Instagram is so weird. I know, social media in general. Yeah. So why don't you tell us about yourself? You were born in, I didn't know you lived in Israel. So you were born in Russia, moved to Israel. How did this all start? Yeah. So I was born in Russia. And uh, when I was two years old, we immigrated to Israel. I grew up in Israel. So from the age of two until 19, I was in Israel. And then we moved to Canada. So it's interesting because I feel like I have all these different aspects of my personality, you know, when you're like from yeah. all these different places. So it's really interesting to see what comes out at any point in time, depends on the situation. <laughs> yeah. And I was there for about 10 years and now we're, and now we moved to America. <laughs> so wait, so first of all, do you know, did you know that my family's from Israel? No, I didn't know you were. I mean, I knew that you guys um, have Israeli background, but I didn't know if you were. Where are they from? So my dad, my dad's from Jerusalem. Oh, amazing. And his mom, his sister, his brother, they're all still there. So we have a lot of family there in Israel. We absolutely love it. I need to go. I need to take my kids. I know. I feel like up until now, I've been kind of leaving it as my own little getaway, yeah. like sanctuary. But yeah. it's time to bring the kids and like just, you know. <laughs> do the whole thing yeah they would love it I mean I think my kids would absolutely love it I know I know we have some we have some family but mostly like a lot of friends I have a very small family so uh right uh but yeah Israel has a very special place in my heart for sure oh that's so cool you started as a model right yeah how was you how are you discovered I love stories like that. I wouldn't say I was discovered. Um, I would say that it was a very interesting experiment that my mother decided to do. I mean, at the age of 16, I was, I mean, I was a very insecure, like gray mouse type of personality. Yeah. Uh, but I really wanted to start working. So my mom was like, listen, you're a pretty girl, like, let's try modeling. And to me, I mean, 
outside of the you know being pretty aspect I was very insecure so for me going into modeling and like a profession that required right. to show up and right stand, and be confident yeah exactly and let other people judge you uh that was probably the scariest thing ever but wow. um we made kind of a decision that if I don't get a job at McDonald's I'm gonna try modeling so McDonald's disappointed me so I had to <sighs> go and try modeling. So how long did you do that for? I did it for about a decade. It was a very interesting thing because I wasn't like supermodel material. You know, I wasn't like the five, the 10. I wasn't, I never really had an aspiration to be that, but right. it obviously gave me the tools and the paycheck and the traveling around the world. And at that point, I recognized that this is something that's so special and I yeah. need to try to get as much out of it as possible. So I just kind of kept doing it. Were you in mostly like show, like what kind of modeling was it? I was mostly doing like commercial stuff. So I was doing like the billabongs, the Forever 21s, you know, the right. catalog, stuff like that. There's probably great money in that too. Yes. That yeah. was my, I, to me, it was never like, oh my God, I want to be on the cover of Vogue. Right. You know, right. it right. was a very practical, you to make money. exactly. Yeah. It was very practical. I want to make money. And yeah, and that's kind of where it started for me. Right. And when I met my husband, I was um, 20. We got engaged when I was 20. I was very young. But oh, wow. at that point, I mean, I I knew that I took out of modeling everything I could and there was yeah. just nothing else for me. Right. And there are certain professions that, you know, you need to know when to leave before it kicks you yeah, out. Yeah, so true. And that's a hard thing to be aware of, you know? Yes, very hard. But um, I was, I knew that there was something more meaningful and more interesting for me. So, right. yeah. So when I met, when I met Gary and um, I've realized that this is, you know, I want to start a family. This is not something that I can continue doing. Right. And that kind of led me into all these other interests. And it was, one of them was like holistic nutrition, which... I got into and uh, would then led me to social media because I was right. like, how do I bring this, you know, information to people on a larger scale? Right. So that's kind of like the jits of like how, you know, one door opened the other. How did you and Gary meet? We met at a Shabbat dinner um, of a mutual friend. It was Gary. very, I know it was very like old fashioned. I feel like that doesn't happen so much anymore. <laughs> no, I feel like it's always through like an app or I guess social media. Exactly. So yeah, it, it was just it was just a Shabbat dinner. And I was really young. That's the first time we met. But it wasn't like this. Right. Love at first sight. I was actually in a relationship. But um, I kind of had him in my mind, you know, and right. then a year later, we met each other again. And I was wasn't in a relationship anymore. And that's kind of where it started. Right. And so you said you started to get into holistic nutrition. Can you talk about that? So like, how did that come about? Yeah, so I was pregnant with my first with Jake, I really got into the nutrition and health and wellness aspect, um, trying to understand like, how do I make sure that I create a good environment for this child that's growing in me, right. and it developed to become something bigger. So I decided to go to school and uh, to get my certificate. And when I got my certificate, I mean, I was very passionate about it. And um, I thought I'm going to start a practice, start seeing people. And I started with like a couple of clients. And after the first client, I was like, I am 
not doing this. Right. This is not worth it. I was still very interested in, you know, spreading this knowledge and information. So that's where I started kind of getting into social media. But it was 2016. And I started with a blog, which was, at that point, it kind of felt too safe. Like I was kind of right. hiding behind the blog. And I was looking for more opportunities to put myself at the forefront because I've recognized that I had this fear, exactly the same one that I had when my mom was like, you should go into modeling. So I kind of like followed that fear and I'm like, okay, what can I do that can challenge me a bit more? And that's when I found YouTube. YouTube was very scary, yeah, but it was also really exciting to like figure out the platform and learn how to edit and, you know, put together all these concepts and speak to the camera and actually get people to see who you are and your personality. So um, that's kind of where, where it started. So you, so you started on YouTube? Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And you, so you started creating content around this, like by sharing recipes, by cooking, or just like talking about it? Yeah, I started creating recipes, super cringy, short videos <laughs> of recipes. Are they still there? Yes. Oh, I have to look at them. I love going back and watching them because it's so humbling. Right. And uh, it's also such a great like way to see the progress throughout the years. Right. Like how much you've grown. Exactly. I Yeah, I started with recipes and kind of nutrition advice. And then um, it was doing okay. And then Gary came up to me and he's like, why won't you do beauty or fashion? You're you're you've been a model for like a decade, you must know something. I'm like, I don't I don't know how to do anything like that, you know, right. And he said, just just try. So I started doing I did my first makeup tutorial, which was literally like a 45 minute video of me applying an eyeshadow. That's so funny. 45 minutes. Just because, you know, especially back then, when you looked at these tutorials, everything was so complex. Right. And I'm like, I, I, I got to like, make sure I look yeah. like I know something is happening. Right. So um, it was it was a very it wasn't a great makeup tutorial, but that's where I kind of saw that people were like more interested. Exactly. It got traction. And then it got into, oh, like, show me what you wear. Show me what you buy. Show me what you, you know, the more universal things. Right. But it's also like how you said, like with modeling, you were insecure to stand in front of people and be judged. I mean, that's literally social media. Yeah. Do you feel like you were just so prepared for it? Oh, not at all. Because I felt like I still care so much about what people say and do. At that point, I was what, 24. I was like, I don't want to continue on this trajectory. So I got to put myself in front of this and like... It was a challenge. Exactly. Learn. It was a kind of like a self-growth journey. And I looked at social media as like the perfect tool because there is nothing else that yeah. puts you as bare yeah. as social media in front of people, you know? So how do you feel now when you like see comments that aren't so positive? I mean, I think I'm very much desensitized at this point. Yeah. I definitely think that there were times where it was a huge, huge thing for me yeah. and I really cared and um, it was very disruptive. Teach me your way. How are you desensitized? Like, I don't think I'll ever be. You're not desensitized? What? I mean, I, I, I'm I, not. I think it's, you know, 
it's never, I don't think it's something you can ever just like say, okay, I don't care. Like it, it always like, you'll get like a hundred positive comments. And then that one negative just takes over, you know, the whole, it's, it just, it's horrible. I don't think I'll ever get comfortable with it, to be honest. I mean, I think that for me, and this is honestly a technique that Gary kind of, at some point he sat me down. He's like, listen, this is your corner of right. the internet. This is your real estate. You're inviting people into your home. And if these people are not nice to you, you kick them out. And that's when I was yeah. like, oh, I do that I all the time. I can block people. Wait, yeah. <laughs> this is actually a great tool. So once you understand that, you know, you can control you are not a punching yeah. bag and this is the value you provide, you can control. And I think that at this point also just kind of seeing, you know, I've been I've been doing this for what, six years now. I see when people are hurting. I see when people are, they just need to let it out. Because you know it's not about you. Exactly. So I think that's where this desensitized, you know, being desensitized come from because it has nothing to do with me. And I have enough of like the self-awareness to understand it has nothing to do with me. Right. And when it is feedback or other people's opinion, I'm just like, cool. Everyone can have their opinion. But if it doesn't sit well with me, you have to kick you up. <laughs> so how do you I mean, do you like put a lot of thought into what you post or you don't even care so much anymore? Like you're very open. No, I do care. I actually care too much, if that makes sense. Uh, and not in a, in a sense of like how, you know, how it's going to be perceived or accepted, but more I'm like, does it have enough value for the people that are watching? Because something that drives me is constantly like thinking about Time is so, so precious. Yeah. And if someone is on my account and looking at a piece of content I made, it's very important for me that they leave with something. So that actually is one of the things that puts so much pressure on me. And like, you know, with social media, it's supposed to be this like light and fluffy, but I think about it all the time. Right. So it... um it's really interesting, but I mean, it's also something that I enjoy and pride myself in with. So it's not a kind of mindless posting, but I'm trying to let go a bit more. Right. So can you talk about the brand that you've built? It's very, honestly, we're, we're still building it. When did you start it? About two years ago, during COVID, we did a, a couple of like drops just before COVID and then COVID hit and it was a very interesting time to, you know, start a brand. Yep. But again, I'm a person that thrives on challenges and I've recognized that, you know, in, in social media, this is an industry of such like immediate results and this like, you know, y you get things right away. How do you say instant gratification? Yep. And this and like e-commerce and creating a brand and, you know, creating products is the most delayed gratification you can yes. get. So true. So I felt like I felt like I needed that balance in my life. Right. And um, again, it's just I'm very excited and very curious and on trying to really understand it and make it look and seem and feel the way I want it. But we're very much still in that process of what are we doing here? What kind of products is it? 
So uh, with Varie, we started with accessories. So it was jewelry and sunglasses. And then we kind of started, you know, experimenting with uh, loungewear and then activewear and a little bit of ready to wear. What do you feel people have been gravitating towards more? I'm, I'm so curious. It's hard to say because I feel like people gravitate towards a good product yeah. in general, right? So I think for me, where we're at right now is that I feel like Varie cannot hold all the things that I wanted to hold. So we're actually now talking about separating the clothing and the kind of accessories because I enjoy yeah. both. I just don't think they work together under one. Yeah. So we're kind of now exploring that and working on that and um, and we'll see. Yeah, I noticed also for with product that just going into a bunch of categories at once just is so difficult. So for us, it's like we kind of scaled back. We we launched different categories, but we noticed that you have to do it in like a like first you have to like perfect the first one and then you mm-hmm. launch the next one and then perfect that. And it takes time. It's not like a two year thing, you know? Oh, my God. But like no. you said, it's Especially not gratification. Like it just takes a long time to really build a brand that people will, you know, it's it's. I don't know. I always compare myself to brands that have been around for like 10 to 15 years. Right. And when I talk to my CEO about it, he's like, they've been around for 10 and a half years. We started two years ago. Like you can't like that's just not how it works. I know. But you know what's funny, which I think is a bit different for you and I before like the brands because they were new they had time to perfect yep. it and be kind of Make under mistakes. the radar yeah. while they build like a it soft for launch. us yeah right for us it's like you put it out there and people right away judge you it's so true and so for us i mean the stakes are higher because it's our name yeah. oh my god yeah thousand percent I have a very, I have a whole other level of respect to any like founders, uh, to anyone who built a brand, because it's honestly such, such a ride, such a ride. It's very hard. What would you say are like the top, I don't know, maybe like three lessons you've learned personally from this experience of uh, experience of building your brand? Of building the brand, I would say one, be you need to admit and and accept the things that you're not good at and let someone else who's really good at those things take control of those things. So it's like when I first decided to go off on my own from Nordstrom and, and build a standalone brand, it was very hard to let go of control in a lot of areas. But then when I got to the point where I was like, I'm not, I can't do everything and I'm not good at everything. I know what I'm good mm-hmm. at. And that's what I need to focus on. And I feel like that made a huge difference was when I let go and I just focused on what I really enjoy doing and I feel like I'm really good at and let other people do the things that I just I'm not good at. So that was a big that was a big learning lesson for me. Mm -hmm. Second is patience. I mean, I'm just like you said, it's so true. It's like in this world, instant gratification, it's like you just expect it. And I don't know if it's because we're, it's our generation or if it's because of social media, but just understanding that good things take time. And that was a big, well, I'm still trying to be patient. It's very hard. <laughs> Same. I, I totally feel you on that one. And, and the last thing I would say is 
to stop comparing yourself to everyone else and just keep your head straight forward. It's very hard to not look left and right, but I think when you re- when you let go of like, you know, looking at what someone else is doing or seeing something happen for someone else and not you after you've been working, it just if you stop looking in the wrong places and just look straight ahead and stay motivated, I feel like that changes it it changes my work, you know? I feel like it's better for me. I'll never forget, I had this Instagram Live with Catherine Power, and I asked her, how do you come up with these brands and how do you build these brands? Because every brand has such an amazing, like you know what it represents yeah. and mean. And she said, I, before I come up with anything, I literally disconnect from the world for like two months. Two months, I'm on no social media. I'm not seeing any people. But how can we do that? As content creators, you can we can do that. But you know, she's like, I I really very much try to detach from all these things that I see, because it influences us so right. much, you know, even when you're thinking you're doing something original, like in your subconscious, you've seen it somewhere, you grab all these things, and you just kind of forget what, what are you trying to do right. and start getting affected by all these things. So I know that's kind of my that's my next on a personal side, like a big challenge that I want to figure out like how do I just zone in I know I would love I honestly would love to take like a little social media break to like re revive myself I mean just to like let go of that pressure of like having to always keep things you know like content coming up and and engaging with the community like sometimes I feel like I would love to do that. But with like the new algorithm, it's like if you're not constantly reproducing Mm. content, you fall off your followers pages or their feeds, you know? Yeah, but there's a way there's a way to there's a way to keep top of mind and give yourself a break. Tell Um, me. I mean, you've (laughs) you've been doing this for so long. You have so much content. You just need to mine for that content and repurpose it you know what I mean I mean there's a lot of things out there that but that's the thing you need the right people to see these opportunities in the content and create these like a new fresh piece of content from an older content I know it's there I've never like my content is so like mindless like how you said yours was not like I don't think at all before I post like mine's not like I'm never editing reels. Like I'm not making it per like your, I feel like your content's so perfect. And like, it's done like with a lot of thought behind it. Like you really work on creating these like beautiful videos. Like I, I post a photo. I just take of like, I don't know, in the mirror or on my child in like a second. I don't even think about it, which is terrible. No, that's not terrible at all. Well, it's not terrible, but I'm saying if I wanted to take a break, I wouldn't like my followers would be like, this isn't mm. you posting like this old content like they would know. And I feel like that would really affect my account. So I, I genuinely feel like it would be something that I would be like struggling with. Like if I were taking time off being like, oh, my God, I know what's happening and it's it's not going to be good. The posts aren't going to be me. 
it's like a mind thing, you know, it's like a mental thing. You're yeah, you're totally you're doing it to yourself. And I'm only saying it because I used to think the same way. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, even with thinking about, oh, if I'm going to do this other thing, my followers would be like, but also if you're always the same, that happens either way. They kind of disconnect. You know what I mean? So right. at first, I remember when I moved from nutrition and started doing fashion, people are like, what, what are you What's doing? What's going fashion? on? Yeah. Right. And then I started doing something else. They're like, 100%. Yeah. And then you become like, oh, like, what is she up to now? Like, what's new? What's, you know? They're invested regardless. They're invested regardless. And I think it's really important to, to you know, let your let yourself evolve on the content creation side. And I'm always like thinking, okay, how do I freshen this idea? How do I make it fun? Because I'm also kind of like in between this, I'm posting real life, but then I also post these editorials and where, where do I stand? Where am I? Where do I land? Is it too confusing? But we're just experimenting. We're just experimenting. That's exactly what it is. There's no roadmap here, you know? There's no right or wrong. I know. So did you always want to be a mother? No. So how did you know, like, how did that even start? And three kids is a lot. Like, did you want a big family? It's a lot. I did. I did want a big family because I grew up in such a tiny yeah. family that I knew that I wanted a big family. But I mean, I, I was engaged at the age of 20 and I got married at 21. Wow. Like, I did not think, yeah, I did not think about these things. So how old were you when you had your first? I was 22. Yeah. And then I was 24 with uh, Benjamin. And then I was 28 with Max. Wow. You were very young. I was very young. I guess that's like what the my parents did, like their age. Like they all had babies during that age. Yeah. I mean, my mom had me when she was 19, but that was a different era. I feel like these days it's... Yeah. People it's, are doing it much later. Crazy. Yeah. My first was 28. 28. It's, but it's also young. Like yeah. if you think about it, people now mostly have them in 30. their kind of thirties, yeah. Yeah. but it makes sense to me because it's a different, it's a different world we live in. I mean, if I didn't meet Gary, who is older than me and I been felt like, oh my God, yeah. I did not, I did not think about kids. I did not think about marriage. Right. It was not a thing. So what do you, what would you say you've learned over over the years about starting a business, being a mom, like what's some advice you have for women out there who want to have a family, to build a brand, to make something for themselves? Any advice? To be more specific, I think that for the younger audience and, uh, you know, a majority of my audience are kind of in this time in their lives where they're still trying to figure out their career and relationships and things like that. I think that it's important to give yourself kind of grace and let yourself make those mistakes and not be scared of trying and opening different doors because and failing and not and not being scared to fail exactly and because it, it's never a failure it always leads you somewhere you know so I think that life for me unfolded in such a beautiful way because I just kept opening doors and I opened it. I looked in, I was like, yeah, no, not for me next. Like I, I didn't think and stayed and being like, no, I need to try harder. And why is this right. not working? And so I think that like give yourself that kind of, that you know, grace. ease mm -hmm. and grace and move around and figure out who you are. And 
it's gonna take a lifetime. I don't know who I am. I'm still figuring it out and I'll forever be figuring it out. And I think that's what keeps me going and so interested, you know? I don't wanna, I don't wanna be able to define myself. I think that that's where right. life kind of ends, if that makes yeah, sense, you know? Yeah, we're saying, we're always growing. Always growing. And just in terms of having it all, I think it's very important to ask for help and kind of to your point, you know, with the business, even inside the family, I am a huge advocate for like help, help, help. If you don't have your family beside you, you know, try to figure out how to hire that help. Like there, you cannot do it by yourself and you shouldn't do it by yourself. And the whole notion of like this, you know, motherhood being like a martyr is like not a thing anymore. And I think that's part of like redefining motherhood and womanhood and being, you know, a woman in business, like we're all kind of starting this new era of personalizing it to our own needs. So I think this whole thing of like balance and, you know, what's the right way to do what's the wrong, like none of that exists anymore. You just kind of have to build your own rhythm to things. I totally agree. So where can people find you, follow you, shop very, like where can you give us all that information? Yes. Yeah, so I'm on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at Valeria Lipovetsky. And uh, Vary is shopvary.com. And this other brand that I don't know what it is, but it's coming for ready to wear. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you to all the listeners out there. You could reach out to us with any questions about the podcast or who you would like us to bring on next. Just DM us on Instagram at Something Navy and we'll see you next week. That's a wrap for today's episode of In-House. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more thoughtful discussions and amazing guests. Make sure you follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And of course, follow me at Ariel Charnas and at Something Navy. See you next week. <laughs>